0: The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team,
1: Kanda Power. I love the power. I love the power. Hello, welcome the power. to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast preview show for round 18 versus Greater Western Sydney. Uh, the match will be played at Adelaide Oval on Sunday, twilight, I think about 4 pm. Um, joining this, I'm Portia, and joining me this week is Macca Nineteen. How are you, Maca?
0: Mate, very excited. Very, really? very excited for this weekend. It should be a ripper.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the real, the really I think the thing that everyone's all excited about is probably this week's hot topic. Yep. Yep. Butch, 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 <laughs> Ah, oh, we are on the edge of Footy Adelaide's greatest era—the Butcher era.
0: <laughs> back to the Future Part Two. I can't
1: <laughs> wait to see him out there. This
0: is going to be great. Hopefully, this is a sequel that's worth watching.
1: Oh yes, hopefully it would be very nice. <laughs> ah, yeah, no, he's back. It's pretty. I mean, the circumstances aren't great, and you obviously wouldn't want Charlie Dixon to go down. But um, it's good to see him get a shot and. I don't know, what do you think his chances are this week? I think he should be okay, to
0: be honest. I think uh, I'm really excited to see how he goes. He's going to be chomping at the bit to get out there, I think. Um, and look, in the form that Charlie Dixon's been in in the last sort of four to six weeks, um, I don't think we're actually going to be losing much, having a Butcher out there replacing him, to be honest. So, mm. look, I think uh, with Schultz out there as well and, and West off, it should give us some tall targets to kick to. And um, yeah, I can't wait and... Look, fingers crossed, he, he takes a few grabs and, and kicks a couple of goals.
1: That really would be good. Um, just on this topic, I mean, it's obviously uh, Butcher coming in is something that's excited the fans a little bit as well. Christoph has come in and said, please just make the podcast consist of an hour of Butcher chanting. Um, I don't think that's we That's as much as we're going to do, I think, probably. Oh, look, I could do that. I think it'd be kind of dull.
0: Just like a, a slight background of Butcher, 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 Butcher. butcher. Yeah. I'd, I'd recommend
1: uh, anyone that wants to hear that just loop that bit we did before and then just keep listening to that over and over. It was probably easier I'd to do that. Do. Yeah. Um, Isler, uh, or Elsler sorry, asked, Why am I constantly saying butcher to everyone at work? I think, I think that's <laughs> Look, fairly it's, obvious.
0: <laughs> it's very contagious. I've been doing that, well, since about 2011, I think. So, <laughs> yeah, good thing.
1: Uh, the Beard Amigos has asked, How many goals will Butcher kick? <sighs>
0: Well, that's the big question, isn't it? What's mm. the line? What do you reckon the line is for Butch?
1: I reckon he'll kick one.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was going to say the line is 0. 0.5, and I'm going to say <laughs> he's, uh, he's going to go over the line. Just. Okay. I, re- I reckon he'll kick at least one. Um, two at the most, but uh, hopefully at least one.
1: If he plays most of the match, he'll kick one, and if he plays less than half, he'll kick none, is my view. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just hope
0: we see the butcher that we saw against Hawthorne last year and against uh, GWS and, and against Frio the one that uh, really attacked the contest took some really strong grabs and uh, yeah, looked like he he really wanted to be out there as opposed to the butch where he just does nothing so all positive I can't wait to see him out there
1: Yeah, well I mean John's did ask what butcher's realistic expectations are but I think you've kind of answered that one there just to work hard and hopefully get one or two goals yeah. Um. And big question from Monkey Tunk Man. Will people run onto the field when Butch kicks his first and mob him like he's just kicked a hundred?
0: I know I will be. I'm not sure, <laughs> but uh, I'll definitely be doing that.
1: That would be hilarious if that happened. <laughs> oh look, there's Macken. Oh, what's he doing?
0: <laughs> I'm very slow as well, so security would catch me pretty quick. I imagine.
1: Oh, that's a shame. It oh. Is a- Oh, and next top topic, I guess. That's probably enough butcher for now. We'll probably come back to it later. Um, Robbie Gray's 150th game. That's pretty big yep. news. Very big news. Um, it's what a, some a your... very good achievement. Yeah. What are some of your Robbie Gray highlights, Macca?
0: Oh, I could go on for about half an hour, really, about <laughs> uh, some of my uh, favourite Robbie Gray memories. But... Uh... I guess um, it, it's hard to overlook that semi-final against Frio in 2014, four goals in the third quarter, um, to really sort of wrestle the game back in our favour. Um, just sort of summed up his year, that year where he was the best player in the competition. And um, that, that was just a, a massive effort in a, in a huge uh, cutthroat final to do that away from home um, and, and have that sort of performance was, uh, was wonderful. Um, I think another, which is a, maybe a little bit different, was uh, seeing his comeback game against Gold Coast in 2013 and just how hard he actually went at the ball that day. Yeah. Um, I think we're all a little bit uh, concerned and and maybe a bit anxious about re-injury and how he might respond to coming back out there and whether he'd be a little bit timid or something like that. But the way he threw himself into contest after contest after Mm -hmm. coming on as sub was a real sign of things to come for the rest of that year and uh, and pushing forward where he went from... um, you know, decent bit inconsistent player to uh, one of the elite of the competition.
1: Absolutely. And look, I mean, if I was going to name my favourite Robbie Gray memory, it's really kind of hard because uh, the things that he does extremely well, they all look pretty similar. Like it's always that little dodge in traffic and things like that. So you'll see a move and you'll go, oh, that's fantastic. But he's done it 20 times before in his career. Yeah. Um, but I guess if I was going to pick the Robbie Gray thing, it's definitely him chewing his mouth guard when lining up a shot for goal. That's not, that's that's the big one. That's the one I'll
0: always uh, remember. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He uh, sort of stopped doing that now. I don't well, know. he used to almost play the entire game with his mouthguard half, <laughs> half hanging out his mouth. Now he, he really does it. I'm not even sure if he wears a mouthguard anymore. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's that's certainly up there. And look, a, another really strong memory is uh, his is um. Uh, breakout game against Essendon in his first year. I think it was his third mm-hmm. game and kicked four goals in the first half, including some absolute rippers where he turned um, some Essendon defenders inside out. And you just thought, God, this guy's just a, such a natural talent. If he can put it all together, he's going to be something special.
1: Absolutely. Um, and look, I guess we'll move on to it There's a second milestone um, this week, which is uh, Jarman Impey's hit 50 already, which is pretty mm. good. He's doing pretty well with that. Um, And, look, he's not just been fantastic on the field recently, but over his entire career, he's been fantastic at boosting the membership department. Um, You know, getting pens out to everyone, taking calls. It's really good stuff.
0: Look, pen usage across the country is up about 35%, and I'll put that down to uh, Jarman Impey, pretty much, I think. So, you know, he's done a great job there. And, uh, yeah, look, 50 games already in his, uh, what is it, his third season. Um, You know, he's been a, a pretty... I guess he's been a little bit inconsistent at times, but uh, he's shown some real potential from the from his first game, and mm. you know he, he's had some real sort of memorable performances already in his short career.
1: Yeah, and particularly this year, he's really taken that to the extra level um, that we've really yeah. needed him to, and he's beginning to show a bit of consistency at level two, which is extremely good. Um, and,
0: uh, and the way that he can sort of switch back and, and forward, I think that's really important. Um, it's good to have those sorts of players. And we haven't really had one of those sorts of players for some time now, really, that can sort of uh, you know, can, can do a, a down job down back or, or can kick a few goals up forward. So it's good to have one of those in the team. And um, I guess his most memorable performance so far would be that performance on, uh, on uh, Ballantyne in his first year where he kept him goalless at, uh, yeah.
1: at um,
0: uh, Adelaide Oval. Um, kept him to a, I think, just the the eight touches or something, in one mark, and, and nearly knocked him out cold as well. So that was a that was a great performance for an eighteen year old.
1: Yeah, and I, and I guess that ability to be a genuine switch between defence and forward line. I mean, we haven't had, I think we've had that really once in the AFL, and that would be yeah. Sean Bergwine. and that's it. Yeah,
0: yeah, maybe Bondi as well, but uh, mm-hmm. that that'd be just about it. Oh, I guess Gavin as well. He, I uh, suppose Gavin, yeah, but he was yeah.
1: he's, he's he's probably. I didn't count him because he's not only those two. He was an everywhere player. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah. that's my own mental hang-up there. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, look, um, I guess we'll get the bad stuff out of the way uh, and talk about Well, the last... ooh, just, You got just something else? Just one quick thing. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yes?
0: Should we talk about the other uh, hot topic ooh, or that? ice cold topic, which is uh, Troy Chaplin retiring?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come on, look we're a little bit disadvantaged <coughs> talking about that on a podcast because we can't play GIFs, uh, and I think Alex has already summed it up. So if, you, if you're if you not a regular Bigfootie reader but you are a podcast listener, then get on there and have a look at the Troy Chaplin tribute thread and you'll see a really quite amazing animated GIF there that paints the whole story.
0: The best of all time. The best of all time.
1: It's pretty good. It's pretty no, good. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, now, well, what look- is, What is some of your
0: Troy Chaplin uh, favourite memories, Porsche?
1: Um, well, apart from the email, honestly, I've got to say, I find, I, I still find it really hard. Like I haven't really been jumping in on that thread with everyone else because I still remember the 2004 grand final and how, how a part of it he was being. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. like, you know, genuine enthusiasm, um, which was nice considering I think we saw footage of Primus and Franco both being extremely annoyed, um, hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, I guess probably the airplane is another good one. Um, every time you pointed at someone else for not picking up his man.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, which which just... of the uh, four hundred and eighty-seven times was that, Porsche? <laughs>
1: yeah, and and every time we talked about originally drafting him, and he would be a gorilla backman, and then he kept playing on small players. Yeah.
0: Look, <laughs> well, he he had some really good games for Port Adelaide. He did. There's there's no doubt he had some absolute rippers, and. Um, and, and showed a lot of potential and, and mm-hmm. had some really good years. Like he had two or three pretty good years, but th- there's no doubt he sort of, he always threatened to be that sort of big, strong key backman that could take, you know, the, uh, the key forwards of the competition, but never actually quite got there. And yeah. as you said, always ended up playing on guys like Steve Johnson and, and Paul Chapman instead, which was uh, a little bit frustrating and, and especially how they would, uh, they were always able to um, to knock him off the ball pretty easily. Yeah, absolutely. Guys like, um, yeah, like Ricky Petted and, and guys like that. Oh, Ricky Petted. Um, so yeah, I mean, he never quite got there. But uh, look, I think uh, we would have all been pretty happy um, and and positive towards Troy if he didn't leave in the fashion that he left. Because no one says a bad word about Daniel. No,
1: uh,
0: no. No one really says a bad word about Sean, yeah. but uh, Troy seemed to make it all about him and. Um, and sending, you know, ridiculously condescending emails and text messages to your ex-teammates <laughs> mm. uh, when you've gone to Richmond, of all clubs, uh-huh. and talking about how badly they want to uh, succeed in finals. Richmond, uh, you know, pull the other one, mate.
1: Yeah, well, look, I mean, even when he left, like, I remember we had the big discussion on big Forty about, you know, whether we should match the offers for Pierce and Chaplin, I think the overwhelming sentiment was maybe for Pierce, but don't bother for Chaplin, yeah. which I kind of think says where he was in our team at that time yeah, um, sure. and where he was for a fair while. So I, I don't think it's all animosity based on his Richmond career. I think part of it is just like, eh. Oh, no,
0: no. Absolutely, <laughs> most of the animosity would be because he failed to deliver on the field and, and seemed to uh, constantly blame other people for um, our performances when he was one of the... The key contributors to that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's certainly the impression he gave on the field. Mm. Well, on that high note, let's go to that low note. Last time they met. Um, last time we played Greater Western Sydney was earlier this year. Uh, it was round four, the 17th of April, and we played them in Canberra at Manica Oval. Um, it was a terrible, terrible game. Um, Greater Western Sydney won 22 goals, 19, 151, beating Port Adelaide 9 goals, 11, 65, which is an 86 point margin. And percentage wise, it's just about what, 230 ish percent in that game. Mm. Um, we had lost the game pretty much in the first quarter, but then insult was added to injury. Um, so the first quarter, we kicked three goals to their six, and in the second quarter, we kicked two goals to their eight you don't come back from that and we didn't um, the margin just got further out uh, in the final quarter as well uh, macca it was probably one of the most, I'd say it was the worst performance this year what do you think Oh no doubt
0: definitely the yeah. worst performance this year and uh, you yeah, know to have that sort of game yeah. you, again you just knew sort of five minutes in that uh, wasn't going to be our day yeah. um, and it certainly wasn't we got absolutely puddled <clears throat> and we just couldn't match their um, pace. Yeah. around the bowl, and their key forwards had a field day. I think Rory Lobb uh, kicked four and, yep. and uh, really tore Trango to shreds, I think, that day. But, uh, yeah, we just had no answer to, uh, to their midfield dominance, and uh, that's why it should be uh, interesting to see how we go this week um, with, I guess, a, a little bit more confidence uh, in the playing group and maybe a little bit of a different midfield.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the biggest change, as usual, and we've been saying this for a few weeks now, a couple of months, um, is that uh, last time Mumford rucked against Lobby, this time who were going up against Trengove. And I think that's actually a match-up that benefits us in a lot of ways. I think that um, Mumford uses his physicality when he's rucking, and I think that he would probably have more success with that against Lobby than he would against Trengove. What do you think?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it's, uh, it's likely to be similar to the Sandy match-up and also the Goldie match-up from last week where... Mumford's not really a jumper, so Trengove will have his opportunity to sort of jump over uh, the top of Mumford and hopefully get uh, clean hands on the ball mm. and uh, and follow it up as well because he's a little bit quicker than, than Shane is around the ground, I think, So, uh, and certainly at ground level. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see um, how that ruck jewel um, plays out and hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, but um, I'm actually pretty confident that it might play out in our favour.
1: Yeah, I, I'm kind of feeling that way too, but um, just seeing as we're still in the last time they met, Mumford um, and Lobby finished pretty much even on hit outs, but in terms of impact, very different. Um, goals, need, wing, need Wingard and Young kicked two goals each, and fortunately they're all on the side, so hopefully they'll do it again. Um, it was really Wingard and Young with the first half goals that tried to keep us in touch, but after that it was just all fell apart, with um, Rory Lobb and Ryan Griffin in the <clears> second <throat> quarter kicking two each and really putting us behind all doubt, really, beyond all doubt. Um, Mm. and that game, Darcy Burns kicked his second, was in his second game and he kicked his second goal in two games. So hopefully he'll get another goal this week. That'd be nice. It's always good when the defenders get up there.
0: Absolutely. Hasn't looked back. Young Darcy, he's had a great uh, start to his career.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Ah, and all right, we'll move on to this week's uh, changes. Um, it is a Sunday game, so it's an extended bench, uh, and there's only one out at this point, which is of course, Charlie Dixon for John Butcher, um, the other ends are Brad Ebert, Jared Pollock, and Nathan <clears throat> Cracker. Oh.
0: Um,
1: I, looking at the bench, as it's been named, it's Kane Mitchell, Jarman Impey, Paul Stewart, Carl Amon, Jay Shultz, Brendan Archie, and Nathan Cracker. I oh. kind of think the ones that will be emergency that lot, I think that basically Kane Mitchell and Brendan Archie will get dropped, and I think Nathan Cracker may be kept out of the side, is my view. What are your thoughts? Yes.
0: It's going to be interesting. It's, it's good to see uh, three players in Butcher. That's uh, we've already spoken about that. That's fantastic. Uh, mm. Brad Ebert back. That's also great. He was in really good form until he got knocked out. <clears throat> really good to see Jared Pollock back. Um, he's played a bit better. Uh, well, certainly had a really good game last week in the SANFL, and I think we we really do need his pace um, and his sort of line cutting ability um, uh, for this particular game. So it's going to be great to see what he can do out there. Uh, the bench has me absolutely perplexed. Um, yeah. I honestly don't know which way we're going to go. You could almost have any combination of four players on that bench and I would say, yep, I can see that happening. And usually it's a bit more clearer than that. Usually yeah. you can see, um, especially on Sunday games, which players are just sort of making up the numbers on the uh, on the seven-man bench. But <clears throat> this time I'm, I'm really not too sure.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think part of it, like the fact they've named Jay Schultz on the bench, I suggest might be a weather concern. Um, yeah, as much as anything. And I can't
0: see him getting dropped though, to be no, honest.
1: No, but I, if it's I can't it's,
0: see us dropping him, especially leaving us with um, <laughs> Butcher and Westhoff up forward, um, which would if, be uh, pretty interesting. But, but I can't see Paul Stewart getting dropped either. I reckon uh, he's the top. one lock in that bench. Um, oh, really? Simply because they've got Cameron Patton and Lob. Up forward, and I don't particularly want to see Darcy Byrne Jones go up against 203 centimetre Rory Lobb, because <laughs> I think he'll get absolutely thrashed. But uh, I think we need three key defenders in this particular game,
1: yeah.
0: especially because Stewart sort of plays as a like a half small as well, I guess. Um, so I reckon Stewart's definitely going to be in. I think Impey's definitely going to be in, and uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: I can't imagine Carl Amon being dropped on the back of last week.
0: No, okay. well, me either. I think he's he's had some really good form, and he's the sort of player that we need against GWS. He's got good pace, good skills, uh, can kick goals, can hit targets inside 50. So it um, wouldn't surprise me to see Nathan Cracker back in the side and for us to drop Kane Mitchell, who's a little bit slow, and Brendan mm-hmm. Archie, who's a little bit slow as well. So yeah, um, yeah, if we, if we go a pretty quick bench of, um, of MP Stewart, Amon Schultz, could happen.
1: Yeah, well, that's the one I would be leaning with is MP Stewart, Amon Shorts. I mean, for me, I don't think it's as exactly as... Um, contra- I don't think it's as exactly as variable as you think it is. I think it's pretty clear-cut. Like, for me, for those seven, Kane, Brendan and Nathan are the ones I would probably leave out if it's yeah. for those seven. Probably a
0: bit harsh on Brendan because I thought he played really well last week. So that's um, yeah, it might be harsh but... if he's out of the side, but I guess he's um, like for like for Ebert. So, and you'd prefer to have Ebert in the side any day of the week, I think. Um, Kay Mitchell, again, he had a pretty decent game last week. Maybe a bit harsh there, but uh,
1: mm.
0: once again, I think um, Paulette coming in sort of makes Mitchell's job a, a little bit moot um, this week. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And I guess just also another thing here, it's a bit rough putting Jarman Impey on the bench the extended bench for his 50th game couldn't they have found a spot on the that's a bit rough <laughs> yeah.
0: just make him hungry make him think he's going to get dropped and
1: yeah uh, we've got a couple of comments on Spreaker chat um, first one from Ryan Pillar saying that Pollock on the field is the biggest surprise and I'd say it probably is um, and it makes me wonder why he's been in the SANFL because I would kind of think that if they were trying to prove to him that he needs to earn his spot, then naming him directly on the field after one good game at SA NFL level, I would have doubts about. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and the other comment, um, Craig Jones has indicated Cracker will probably stay. Need or Amon will be out. And he's saying is not on the bench and Need is, which contradicts what I read earlier.
0: <coughs> no, he's actually right. He's named in a forward oh pocket. God. So oh, there you go. All right
1: that update <laughs> i checked it at six thirty. all right well, well in that just case, that does
0: fixes... need to get dropped then that uh opens oh, can well that that does open his, it, form, like his form his form has been uh, pretty poor so
1: yeah yeah okay well in that case yeah jake need could come out for Bren, for nathan cracker
0: for me that makes it a bit more clearer i think it's yeah. definitely going to be Stuart Amon, shorts
1: and cracker yeah i would think that would be fairly likely yeah, all right, cool. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll move over to the Giants, who have got, again, an extended squad, and they've only got one change. Um, the in's are Jake Barrett, Nathan Wilson, Matt Kennedy, and James Stewart, and the out is Jack Steele, which I think, I don't know, I don't know enough about the players, to be honest, to really comment on whether that's a positive or a negative, but as far as I can tell, it's a bit of a, a nothing much. Am I on that right on that, Mark Macker?
0: Uh, quite possibly. I think uh, Wilson will definitely play. Um, he's a pretty good young player. The other three um, ends are all pretty young as well. Jake Barrett, I'd be pretty keen to pick him up in the off season, to be honest. Okay. Um, he, he's pretty much top of my uh, recruit list. Um, Matt Kennedy's one of the uh, the academy boys from down there, and James Stewart's a tall forward who uh, I think a lot of people on the forum are also pretty keen to uh, to recruit in the off season. So, yeah. for me, I'd be pretty keen to see Jake Barrett and James Stewart play, so we can see what they're uh, see what they're like.
1: <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I suppose it depends on how cynical GWS think they can be at this point, um, considering they're confirmed in the finals.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I, I think they're, um, uh, yeah. Look, I, I think their interchange bench is quite interesting as well. They've named Scully mm. on the interchange bench, which is uh, be interesting. Obviously, he's definitely going to play. He's been in yeah. absolute ripping form this year. He's been one Absolutely. of the form players in the competition, so he's definitely going to play. I think uh, Sam Reid will probably play. Uh, Himmelberg who had his debut last week might drop out maybe for Stewart Um, and I think Wilson will definitely play as well
1: yeah alright that's cool so it sounds like you'll get your Barrett and your um, James Wilson dream or James Stewart dream so that's pretty good All right, Rucks now we've discussed already Mumford versus Trengove Um, and I just really wanted to repeat the question we had last week which is could this also have been a game where Frampton could have come in
0: oh for sure yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. um
1: would you not, say not sure why we haven't, to be honest,
0: because I, th- I think the bad thing about Charlie Dixon coming out is that he's sort of done a, a decent job of sort of filling in as a chop-out in the ruck. So mm-hmm. um, now that we've lost him, we're, we're going to be relying on Westhoff to do that job, uh, which I'm not too keen on because I don't rate Westhoff as a ruckman in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so it would have maybe been nice to see Fram- uh, Frampton come in. I guess if it's going to be wet, which it looks like it's going to be... Um, yeah, not sure that would have worked for this particular game. I guess it would have been interesting to have seen Frampton last week instead. I think that would have been the one where, now yeah, maybe we should have gone down that path, but uh, maybe not this one in the wet.
1: Yeah, well, I've got we've got um, Craig Jones on the speaker chat indicating that he reckons Butch might chop out in ruck, which I suppose is possible. But...
0: Yeah, look, he's done that a couple of times. I think um, in the past. I think last year he might have done that a little bit. Um... Not for much success, I think, um, but you never know.
1: Okay, cool. Um, in the midfield battle, um, just looking at the recent games for GWS, I just want to divert a little bit from the rundown. Um, I really feel like they're on a bit of a run of being a bit of a flat-track bully. I mean, I guess anyone looks like they're coming off playing against the Brisbane Lions, but before that, Collingwood, Carlton, Essendon, I don't know. I, I, I would kind of wonder whether... Do you think there's a chance we can exploit that midfield because they haven't had particularly tough comp- competition lately?
0: Yeah, I, mean, I guess you can only play who you're uh, who you're listed to play. I guess, but yeah, well, um,
1: yes, true.
0: Which I guess is true, and maybe their form this year against better sides hasn't been all that great. I guess, yeah. although they did beat Sydney, um, they beat the Dogs. Maybe I'm talking out my arse here. I think uh, I think they beat Hawthorne as well. So just scrap what I just said.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> But, yeah, look, I mean, they've been in pretty good form. They're in really good form. They won 11 games, they've lost 5. They'll definitely be playing finals this year. And, um, you yeah, know, they're a big chance of going pretty deep, I think.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'd read somewhere that they've got one of the better attacks, and that that's sort of, yeah, quite a big differential between their, their for score and their against score. Yeah. Um, which uh, they're doing pretty well, I have to say, on the whole. Um, I don't know. Well, they're they're don't averaging
0: know. 111 points a game, which is uh, yeah. which would be right up there
1: this year. So. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Anyway, what's your thought on the midfield matchups?
0: Well, oh, that's the that's the big question, isn't it? Um, mm. Their midfield is absolutely fantastic, lightning quick. Uh, lots of players that can win the bowl. Lots of players that can kick goals. Really good clearance winners as well. Dylan Shields probably my favourite non-port player in the AFL. I reckon. Oh, I'm not
1: sure. Yeah,
0: it's a big call, but I reckon he's absolute stunning. Just his pace and his skills and. Uh, his clearance winning ability is second to none. Um, not sure we've actually got a player that can stop him, to be honest, yeah. um, which is a, a bit of a concern. So I reckon he'll probably uh, be the player that can absolutely win it for them. Uh, Steve Canelio, he's had a, a fantastic year this year. Uh, it's been a bit of a steady rise for him. I, I remember in his draft year, he had, a, I think he was best on ground in the grand final in the waffle. Um, as a 17 year old, he had something like 30 touches and four goals, sure. kicked the winner in the last minute um but his his uh his AFL form so far has been a little bit more steady um but now he's one of the stars of the AFL for sure he's uh he's their number one tackler he's third in clearances first in goal assist as well uh Callum Ward we we know all about he's uh he's a super consistent player and absolutely tore us apart uh when we met earlier this year and uh Tom Scully um mm. has finally finally started to deliver on that potential and, and actually looks like a number one pick so far this year and you know, he's just about the hardest runner in the competition. He's, he's super damaging. He kicks goals. He's fourth in the AFL inside 50s, averages a goal a game. I uh, would love to see Eber go with him because I think he's just about the only player that we've got that has the running capacity to actually stop him. So mm. uh, that would be the, the the key matchup there for me.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess on Tom Scully, it's one of those players that, um, and there's a lot of them. And you see them obviously at the terrible clubs, uh, where they obviously can be a very good, important part of a, of a team that has structure. But if you're not, then you can look quite terrible. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So look, those midfield matchups are interesting. Um. I'm just looking at the rest of the team and just, I guess, move along to the forwards, if that's okay. Yep. They have a lot of tall forwards in this side. Uh, you got what Patton, Cameron, Lob, and if you're adding James Stewart as well, is they trying to height us, or is there a chance they might end up too slow? What do you think?
0: Well, there's a chance that Stewart would probably play down back, I think, this week okay. if he was to come in. Um, but, yeah, look, it's certainly a, a pretty tall forward line. I think Cameron's 196 and he's the smallest of the three uh, key fours in their side. So, mm. yeah, Cameron's had a really good year. He's uh, kicked, what, 36 goals for the year, 11 goals in the last three weeks. Um, I would like to see Stewart go with him because I think he's got the pace to match him sure. um, and could possibly run off him as well. Um, Rory Lobb is uh, a player that's uh, just come on in leaps and bounds this year. He's a contestant marking machine. I think he's taken 42 contestant marks for the season. Uh, only kicked five goals in the last eight weeks, so he has started to slow down a little bit. He's a pretty tough matchup. He's something like 203 centimetres, um, massive mark, decent leap. Uh, as you said earlier, kicked four against us earlier this year. Um, it's probably say so that Austin would go with him, I think. Okay, um, not Patton. For that one. Well, I think they're pretty interchangeable, to be honest. I think Mm. uh, I did originally have sort of Cleary going up against Patton, but I think, um, uh, yeah, I think maybe, sorry, uh, Cleary up against Lobb, but I think Austin against Lobb would be a better match-up for that one, I think.
1: If Lobb's potentially off the boil, I would imagine that Cleary might be more able to exploit it for forward movement than Austin, perhaps? Is that a fair comment?
0: I'm more worried about his marking and his okay. reach and Austin being a, a bit taller than what Cleary is by about four or five centimetres. I think he's going to be the only one that has that sort of reach that can actually sort of spoil his marking attempts uh, effectively without sort of chopping the, the arms and, and risking a free kick, I think. But yeah. look, I, I'm not against Cleary going on lob. I just think uh, Austin will probably start on him, I think, in, in this enough. particular game. and Look, Patton, he's, um, he's had a consistent year without really reaching any great heights. I think he's kicked 18 goals in 15 games. Hasn't kicked more than... Uh, sorry, he's kicked uh, more than two goals only once. But uh, well, he poses a bit of a threat as well. Took nine marks and, and kicked a goal against us earlier this year. So
1: mm.
0: it is tall timber. They do kick goals. They do take lots of grabs. Um, but uh, for me, their small forwards are just as um, yeah, damaging. I, know. I
1: was going to say, Steve Johnson, Devon Smith, Toby Green... Uh, that's...
0: they've had ripper years, maybe not Devin Smith, I think he's um, been a bit down this year, but um, been injured for a lot of it as well, but uh, Toby Green's probably um, changed his game completely from a, a fairly wasteful midfielder, I think most people would agree, to a, to a match winning flanker, and uh, he's probably in the old Australian team right now, to be honest, he's kicked 30 goals, averages 22 touches a game, third in the AFL and inside 50s, He's um, he's been an absolute star this year, and you know, stopping him's going to be a key, and you know, Steve Johnson seems to be one of those players that regularly sort of tears us apart, to be honest. And uh, yeah. for someone that's 33, he's had a really good year as well. I'm not sure what people's expectations were of him going up uh, up north to GWS and whether it was just sort of a cash grab for retirement. But it's averaged two goals a game, uh, 20 touches a game. He's, uh, he's been one of the real driving forces uh, behind GWS's improvement. Yeah.
1: Uh, I guess... We'll finish the sections first. Um, what do you think of their defence? Um, I think there's some good players there, but I, I think if, if you have to try and pretend there's a weak spot, that might be it. What do you think? Yeah,
0: probably. <clears throat> probably. I think, um, well, Heath Shaw's obviously a star. He's probably the yeah. best small defender in the league. Um, he's uh, he's really improved his game since crossing from Collingwood, um, which I didn't think would, would probably happen, but he's... Mm. An absolute lock for the old Australian team, you would think. Um, they're arguably a little bit small down back, I yeah. think, um, which is probably good for us. Davis, I would think, would take butcher.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, to be yeah. honest, I think Patful oh. on uh, on Westhoff would be um, a matchup that might suit them. Okay, I would
1: have thought. And I think name. maybe maybe Haines
0: on Schultz.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've had in my mind Pat, uh, Pat Full and Butcher um, just because I think he's got enough experience to... Not that Phil Davis is inexperienced, but I think Pat Full probably has the mind set to match up on Butcher well. Yeah. But that, well, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. They'll probably make a change at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, alright. Well, look, um, I guess the game in general, where do you think it'll be won or lost? <sighs>
0: Well, definitely in the midfield. I yeah. think um, yeah. that's that's going to be the key. If we can uh, if we can nullify Mumford, if Trengove can get his hands on the ball, uh, win those clearances that he's been winning all year, that's going to be fantastic. If we can somehow stop the likes of Sheila Ward and Cornelio getting their hands on, on the ball, uh, it's going to give us a, a wonderful chance of winning this game. And it's going to be tough. Um, this is arguably the toughest game we've come up against this year, in my opinion. I think. Um, it's going to be uh, yeah, going to be exciting to see how we go.
1: Yeah, well, look, I mean, I think the if, look if you're going to name the biggest thing that we have seen that has improved recently as opposed to the last time we played them is just our defensive accountability in midfield. Um, hopefully, look, if the players don't come out firing, we're going to get beaten. That's absolutely the case. Um, but if they can maintain what they did, you haven't done in previous weeks, some for at least three quarters, and hopefully all four. Um, we'd be in with the shot. So uh, I guess we just have to hope that happens. And if it doesn't happen in the first five minutes, we're probably stuffed.
0: <laughs> yeah. So who do we tag, in your opinion?
1: Oh, God. I've not a clue. Um, well, as you said, I mean, you probably can't... God. I'd like to... I, I still think even on
0: Scully is the way to go. Uh, yeah. Just with his running power, it's I think he's a, a decent yeah. matchup there. Um. Sheil, I think we're just going to have to let sort of go up against someone like Gray or Boak mm. and uh, and hope for the best. Yep. Um, but you never know, we might see a, a defensive job on someone like Ward as well.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, um, on the Spreaker chat forum, um, JBC or Jimmy Piercan, sorry, has said someone get in Shaw's yeah. face, he loses focus. And I would not yeah. be disinclined to approach that as a possibility. Um,
0: Can uh, Gus Monfries run onto the ground in his <laughs> hippies and get in his face?
1: <laughs> Maybe he can be the one that runs on the ground for Butcher's 100th goal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, first goal, sorry. <laughs> that's yeah, oh, Yeah, well, I guess if we we're looking to for someone to irritate that's a forward for us right now, I mean, obviously Wingard can do it because he's Wingard, but I guess I'd be leaning towards Jarman Impy. I think he can get very in someone's face. I'd like to see that aspect of his game be a bit more yeah. evident because it's. I think it's something he does have his, in his toolkit. So, what well, okay. do you think?
0: Uh, Impy will play forward or...?
1: Back I'd play him week. forward, if yep. I could, I'd, I'd want him half forward specifically, like not forward pocket any stage, but definitely you know yep. from the first front part of the centre square going forward for sure. Yeah,
0: that's fair. Who who uh, who stands uh, Stevie J? Oh
1: God, don't ask me. Well, look, um, <laughs> the main if I was going to pick a match up that I think is the most likely to be able to keep pace with him, be smart enough to beat him, um, that's why I think Nathan Cracker's an inclusion. Um, because okay. I would definitely go with Cracker on mm. him personally. I think he's probably got the best set of um, physical attributes to match him, uh, and he's got enough height to beat him. Um, But more importantly, I mean, we've seen that he has that ability to be the calm head and fence, and I think with Steven Johnson, that's exactly what you need. So uh, he's my preferred matchup there for sure.
0: Yeah. For me, I'm going to go someone different. I'm going to say Pitta. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because,
0: again, I think he's got the pace, he's got the strength. um, He's got the height to go with him. Um, He's good in the air. Mm. Uh, I reckon that's a, a pretty decent matchup. Um, and the other one would be Hammer. If we want someone to get in uh, someone like Stevie J's face and put him off his game, uh, then I reckon Hammer is the one to do that.
1: I reckon there'd be a waste of him, though. Um, you know, for the same reason why your tag is not usually your best player, I kind of feel like there's the same reason why your enforcer isn't as well. I'm not saying that Hartlett's their best player, but I think that, the ga- look, I honestly think the games where Hartlett gets in people's faces. In my mind, they're usually games we lose. So I'm not not really too interested in that, to be honest. But um, I guess I've also got that reservation about um, Pittard as the match-up on Steven Johnson, which is that we know that the forward line for GWS is excellent and we know the midfield is excellent. Um, I think it's more important than ever that Pittard be relatively available to be rebounding the ball because he is the guy that can read our forward play and our forward movement and deliver it accurately. Um, yep. and him and dbj and i think that will be extremely important if either of them were stuck in a primarily defensive role i think we would suffer
0: okay mm. if it does rain yep. who do you think that advantages
1: uh it depends on how we go with benches i guess i mean on paper you'd have to say it technically probably advantages us um because you know they've got three tall forwards definitely in the side and we've got what one or two depending mm. on where the shorts plays um, so we've got that Ability to drop shorts if it's really, you know, raining cats and dogs. Um, and then in midfield, look, um, if we can put the pressure on in midfield and get it forward. I mean, Butch knows how to play in the wet as well as anyone, I suppose. and I, I think it technically would be an our advantage, but I'm not sure there'd be a huge man in it. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um, next question. Coach, should we be worried? Should we be concerned about Leon Cameron? Not
0: really sure, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not sure what his uh, his ability to make uh, decisions on the fly is like.
1: Honestly, if I can be really derogatory based on no evidence, <laughs> he really feels to me like Robert Walls at Carlton, uh, in that he's in charge of a team that can buy anyone they want that has, you know, limitless reserves of money, that has the umpire's ear and everything else, and how good a coach do you need to be to win a premiership in that circumstance? Because he certainly didn't, yeah. didn't come close to repeating it, and I kind of feel like he might be in that same situation. Yeah, um, Everything's been done for him, really.
0: Oh, for sure. Look, I think, uh, when did he cross there? 2013
1: or something yeah. like that? 14? Well, when
0: Hinkley um, crossed, so. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure, to be honest,
1: mm.
0: how to rate him because he's got arguably the best collection of young talent
1: yeah.
0: ever assembled in AFL history.
1: Exactly. You know, they've,
0: got, they've got something like 30-odd first-round picks on their list um, <laughs> yeah. and a bunch of uh, pre-draft selections and, and all sorts. Um, so it would take a mighty big stuff-up to be able to stuff up GWS, I think, to be honest, oh. in, in their current form.
1: Uh, it really just requires a trick or two. That's I think that's probably the main thing that I would take out of it. And I, I guess that clubs will probably save those tricks for the finals. I'm trying to think of
0: games where GWS were under the pump, looked like losing, and they turned it around. And off the top of my head, I can't really think of any at the moment. They either yeah. look like they're going to win, or they look like they're going to lose. Mm. There's no sort of middle ground and there's no sort of you know, inspiring comebacks or anything like that that have happened uh, that I can remember in, uh, well, certainly this year and maybe last year as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I don't watch enough GWS to comment on that, but, um, yeah, that's probably pretty reasonable. Um, There has been a question or a couple of good comments here, I think. Um, Craig Jones has said that, oh, yeah, Cameron took a spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Beercans has called him the head coach of the AFL Darlings, which is better off, but, yeah, also accurate. Uh, Craig Jones has asked, so what happened to the Suns? Did they stuff up? Yes. Yes, yes they stuffed up. Uh, <laughs> and the stuff up was Absolutely. to some extent predictable. Partially they've been disadvantaged by the fact that the drafts they had the most picks in were not as good. But also, Scotty Clayton, um, he's, as a recruiter, he was at the Western Bulldogs during their we will only draft skinny fast guys period when they were kind of awful. Um, and then he went up to Gold Coast and... He is very much a best available recruiter, I believe, and but he does have his favourite sorts, and I think that's kind of stuffed them up a bit as well.
0: But, yeah, look, yeah. they've had horrendous injury issues, Gold Coast well. over yeah. the uh, over the last sort of two or three years, and and players that really looked like becoming guns for them, like uh, just one example, David Swallow hasn't really played a whole lot of footy since he was almost in the All Australian team two or three years back. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, they lost a key player like uh, Michael uh, Ricciatelli for a long time. They've obviously lost Gary for a long time. I think they're a bit too reliant on Ablett. I think that's pretty clear. But um, their inability to get their sort of best players on the park for long enough um, has really sort of uh, yeah really sort of um, put their development really behind the eight ball. I think. Um, but yes, I, I think they also stuffed up in, in choosing Guy McKenna as coach and, and keeping him there for so long.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, It's one of those things... I mean, even... The last team that came in with a relatively untested coach would be Fremantle with Nisham, would that be fair? Yeah, Yeah, probably. He was probably the most untested of the new coaches to take over an additional side. Yeah. Um, And they were certainly the worst performed on the field, so... Um, maybe that's maybe that's a lesson to take out of it, that you do need an experienced head when you're building an entire club.
0: Um, I think a lot of people connected with Gold Coast have come out and said that Guy McKenna just didn't have that ability to uh, to develop his players for, uh, for long enough sort of thing. Um, made some really bad decisions in terms of uh, sort of allowing them to sort of run the ship a little bit, allowing the players to have too much say. They probably needed more of a... Uh, Authoritarian, sort of like what um, uh, what Eid is now, but uh, yeah, it's guess. maybe a little bit too late. If, if Eid had have come in first, and then swapped to a young coach like what GWS has done, it might have worked. But then yeah, again, they might have still had the same injury issues, and you know, develops development still down the uh, down the gurgler for them. So I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a long way back for Gold Coast. I think uh, they've got some talent, but um, yeah, not sure they're going to. Win a flag, um, certainly with Ablett. Um, and in, in the end, you've got to say that's a, that's a real disappointment to have, um, you know, the star footballer uh, probably of this century mm. um, not playing finals for the last sort of six or seven years of his career.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is a bit shit, isn't it? But mm. um, <laughs> that's a tradition in football, really, you know. Um, there's a lot of good players that never played much finals. So Yeah. Yeah, Very and, true. And anyway, last, enough about Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, last comment on the game in general. Sorry, um, is do either side have the psychological advantage? Um, obviously, GWS smashed us. Uh, the one time we played them at Adelaide Oval, they didn't win. Um, but really, I, I kind of think that GWS has a pretty clear psychological advantage. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, that was a great game last year. That was one of that was just about my favourite game of the year because there was okay. so much niggle, there was so many yeah. so much fighting. Reese Palmer ran into an open <laughs> goal and. and must oh, it up <laughs> <laughs> just gave Rory lob hell all day yeah. uh, they were at Hammer and Togs all day uh, that was a great game um, and yeah, hopefully we see something similar where we can sort of get underneath their skin a bit and uh, and get on top that way
1: absolutely um, but I think though in that case last year I mean it was actually GWS that started the niggle it's just that we finished it um, so hopefully they'll make the same mistake this time yeah Ah. <laughs> uh, All right, well, look, we'll move on to the Fringe Force 5 segment. Um, In previous cycles, this was Aaron Young, but we agreed last time that we'd talk about Brendan Archie in this segment, obviously, because Aaron Young has graduated to full-time AFL footballer. Hooray, hooray. Yep. Um, Brendan Archie was drafted at Pick 45 in the 2011 National Draft. He's the same age as Chad Wingard, Tom Tom Cleary and Jimmy Tompas. Uh, He's played eight games this year for 19 in total. He's only kicked two goals in those eight games this year. His average disposals is in, probably in the teens, and his tackles are okay, but inconsistent. They vary between, like, two and nine. Um, there's not really been anything exceptional about him this year. Uh, what do you think his role is going forward, Macca? Well, it's hard to say, really, if
0: he stays on the list or not next year. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah he got the one-year contract at the end of last year, and I think um, most supporters would have been happy with that because he did show a lot of potential last year, but he... He certainly hasn't um, lived up to expectation this year. Uh, Has only played one game in the last, what, three months or so. Mm. Um, Was a little bit inconsistent before that. I really like him. I think we need that style of player who can sort of come in off the bench and and win clearances, lay tackles, um, and uh, on paper at least, uh, should hit the scoreboard a bit more than what he does. Um, But I'm just not sure if he's sort of screwed the pooch a little bit this year.
1: Yeah, look. Um, I think he kind of has, and quite honestly, um, I'm not happy with his performances this year because the thing that's missing from his game is the fact that last year when he was doing well, he was unpredictable. He had that magnificent tool, which is his long hand pass, that he was able to use not just you know um, to advantage, but picking out things downfield that would have been hard to see from his position. Yeah. Um, he's lost the part of his game, really, it seems, that made him exceptional last year, and now he's just kind of generic fringe player. Um, and if he can't get that back, then that's he'll, he'll stay a generic fringe player, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: I think he's a bit too slow with the ball. Like, in terms of making decisions, he sort of grabs the bowl, tries to evade someone, sort of goes to evade the second person and often gets caught, and is uh, rushed into a, a rushed uh, disposal or, or gives away a free kick. Um, so I think that's something... Um, of his game that needs to be worked on. Uh, look, I think the physical tools are there. He's obviously got a, a fair bit of talent. Um, he's a great size. Um, but whether he can put it together or not, I'm not too sure. And, look, whether he stays on the list or not next year, I'm not too sure.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of feel if we get an offer in trade week, we take it pretty much. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think he'll either be trade or de-list at the end yeah. of the season, to be honest, which is uh, which is a shame because we kept him for so long. And he showed such a decent signs last year. But uh, we're at that stage now where we need to make some tough decisions. And, yep. you know, that would that's a decision that, that I think should probably be made.
1: Um, look, honestly, I think it's a fairly safe decision. It's not a tough decision. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm uh, not
0: suggesting that's a tough decision. I'm just no, suggesting no. Yeah. that's a decision that should, should be made.
1: It's a tough personal decision, but not a tough yeah. decision. Yeah, I
0: think like he's a great filler, and obviously he's a friend of the podcast. He's been on three yeah. or four times, and we have some some great discussions with him. But um, I'll be happy if he stays. I'd be happy if he goes. So yeah, I'd be
1: happy if he goes. I'm I'm an awful person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Terrible All right, <laughs> we'll move along. Um, the Magpies aren't playing this week. Is there anything you wanted to say about the Magpies players and what you're expecting from them for the rest of the season? What do you think they're going to do from here after the I'm break? i will see them make finals. Do you think they actually can make finals? Yeah, well, they're only a
0: game behind uh, fifth spot. So okay. if Central's lose this week, that would go down pretty well, I think. Uh, mm. And, uh, yeah, there's certainly a big chance if we keep winning. Absolutely.
1: All right, so we're officially demanding finals.
0: There's, there's more chance of us making finals at SANFL level than there is at AFL level, I think.
1: <laughs> yep, I totally agree. Okay, excellent. Now we'll move on to... We've got a couple more questions and comments from the forum. Um, the first one I would like to bring up is from Power Girl, asking, why do we save up our fast, free-flowing, sexy footy until it is almost impossible to make finals?
0: Because we are like someone in an abusive relationship. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, look, it's a tricky one. You
0: love the guys, but they they let you down until it's too late and then you love them again and then it's too late. And, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a, a real shame and it's very, very frustrating. And, and it's happened for years. It's not just happened under Hinckley. It's happened for years. It happened under Primers, happened under Choco as well. So, uh, yeah, a, a constant source of frustration where we lose games that we just shouldn't lose and then at the end of the year we win games that... Um, doesn't really matter anymore, but we look good doing it, so,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, like, the fact that it keeps happening says to me that we're still playing me first and not team first mm. um, because the me first comes in, like, when you can't make it anymore, then everyone's playing for their careers. They're not playing for finals. Um, and, I, you know, once you might say, oh, it's just a freak thing, but it happens so consistently, I, I think that's really the only thing I would read into it. Yeah. Um, Mm. The first I, don't, I don't know if it's
0: mental or if it's just like the the coaches say. All oh, let's just sort of take the shackles off and maybe enjoy our football a bit more and sort of loosen the sort of game plan a little bit. I'm not too sure why it is, but I don't know. I, I would love for us to come out next year and win the first ten games or something silly. That'd be great.
1: It would be really nice. <laughs> Although it would be really nice, but if we do that and then do a North Melbourne, I'm not very keen on it. Yeah. True. Uh, Next question From Johns: Would you rather be really sick for a year And never be sick again Or be a little bit sick for the rest of your life We need more
0: information With this question I feel like Would you be really sick for a year Well what's the definition of really sick Are we talking about like in hospital sick for a year Or like vomiting every day for a year Or cancer or something for a year I I don't know Um, Yeah yeah. We need more information with that one. But I would probably prefer to be really sick for a year and then never be sick again.
1: And my other question would be, you know, which government's in power when I am really sick for a year? Um, <laughs> you know, because if I'm going to be really sick for a year under a Turnbull government, I'm not really very excited about that prospect.
0: True, um, very true. Mm.
1: <laughs> so in that case, i just take the little bit sick. But you know, And the- again, it
0: depends what the little bit sick is because I'm a little bit sick at the moment in terms of ah. I've got this annoying little cough and I feel like I'm about to constantly cough into this microphone every five seconds um, and it is a bloody pain in the ass.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I guess,
0: again, I would prefer to be really sick for a year and get it over and done with.
1: Oh, God. Well, look, if I could pick the year and I could... If I could pick the year, I would. Like, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Um, it has to be It has to be from right now. I'd probably be like, maybe. But if I could pick, like, when I was 12 or something, probably, yeah, take it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, next question another one from Johns: is Friday night's game more important than this one or last Friday night's game more important than this one in terms of finals for us um, I, think uh,
0: I would probably say yes for that one for sure because if, if North win and we lose uh, then it's well it's game over isn't it Like we're, we're definitely not going um, to I can't see us coming back from, from three games behind again mm. um, if, uh, if Colling will do the job and we get up Happy days. We're only one game behind, and, uh, and it's definitely the chase is on. Um, if we both lose, then it's the status quo, and we're still a big chance. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, yeah, it's all. I think it's all up to us, to be honest. Yeah, we we, yeah. we have to beat GWS this week.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, for me, I, I think this one. I don't know. I think that really, if I think about it more, they're both pretty equal because they're both. Our direct competitors for those last couple of spots so we need to win both um mm. we can't afford to hope that one of them falls over and only beat one of them because what if the other one falls over then we still will fall short um yeah. so yeah we need both we need both we need both these wins but fortunately this one's in adelaide so hopefully that'll help a little bit yeah. Indeed. Uh, and one thoughtful question which oh, <laughs> tough one Um, from CT Power uh, which was the question was if we end up with six to eight picks in the top 30 in the next two years through trades and so on do we believe Jeff Parker would deliver the players we need it's a tough Um, one isn't it I think it's not a Jeff Parker decision Um, I think it would have to be a top down decision Um, if you look at the last couple of drafts I reckon we've drafted reasonably well given what was available Um, The drafting I'm not so concerned with as I am in recent times As I am with the fact that we have traded out so severely Um, And if he's properly directed to the player types we need um, Then I'm okay with it Just as long as we don't get sucked into best available like we have in the past And think that people that are short or light or have a dodgy kick are still worth early picks
0: yeah, look, I haven't been too keen on Jeff Parker's picks, to be honest. Um, but again, I guess the question needs to be: Is that um, Parker picking the wrong players, or is that a development problem all throughout Albany?
1: I think it's development, but also list direction. You know, because Jeff Parker, he's not meant to ded- hes not meant to direct the whole list's build. He's not meant to be the <clears> one that decides we have three rucks and we have X number of this. I mean, that, a lot of that—that that comes from the oh, you know, football nah, for it sure. comes from the coach, but.
0: It, I think the question is more about: <clears throat> Do we trust Parker to pick the right picks to uh, to deliver the players that can win us a premiership with six uh, to eight top thirty picks in the next couple of years? Look, um, if you look at the and for that, him. I'm not too sure. I think he's picked oh. in terms of the obvious picks he's got right. Obviously, like Wingard and, and Wines, you can't really stuff them up. Bonner is a steal. I think Impey's been really good with pick twenty one. Outside That's of cool. that. I'm not too sure. Jacobs was a big stuff up. Newton's no longer here. Youngie's um, had one good year, which is great. O'Shea, I think he's been a really good value pick. Archie looks like he's gone. Blees already gone. Um, Famili- Cleary's neither here nor there. Mason Shaw didn't make it. Um, Harvey didn't make it. Burn Jones shows a lot of talent. I mean, it's it's neither here nor there at the moment. I think there's there's quite a few hits and quite a few misses. So, I think
1: I think they personally, and the reason why also, uh, part of why I'm saying it's not all on Jeff Parker is that a lot of that, um, the really really bad misses were pre Hinkley as well. Um, so yeah, there have been a couple of recent ones, but they've not been you know Ben Jacobs-ish ones. Um, <laughs> they've been uh, you know like you say Mason Shawish ones. So or Mitch uh, Harvey or, over Ben Brown ones. Yeah, so. well that's look that's a pretty big one in hindsight. Absolutely. Um, Oh, no, I mean, Ben Brown wasn't particularly on my radar. I have to admit that draft year, which is probably a, a huge failure on my part because he's turned out to be really quite good. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm I'm okay with it as long as he's got proper direction. But I understand we're yeah. having reservations. But it's always easy to have reservations for the guy that is drafting versus the one that you might get to draft next.
0: Yeah. yeah. Look, I'd be happy if we can end up with eight top 30 picks in the next in a couple of years. I'd be pretty well chuffed with that, to be honest. But
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um... Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question and one that I'm not sure we've got the, the answer for just yet.
1: I don't think we have the data for it, really. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, look, um, we're getting near that time, so I think it's probably time to look at wrapping up. Um, I guess we'll start off with um, who's your winning side, the margin, and your highest goal kicker for <clears>
0: the board? Uh, GWS by 39 points. Mm. I think their running and scoring power will be a, a bit too much for us to handle. Um, and leading goal kicker, I would say Wingard guard with uh, with three goals.
1: Okay, look, I'm going to oh no, because it's I'm having a real conflict on this one because I feel like we could win this one. I feel like the fact that our midfield has been quite accountable uh, lately is good, and the fact that the last time we played a rough game against Adelaide Oval, we won. Um, and the fact that they've just been playing against scrubber sides may make them a little bit weak to us and also they don't need the win as much as we do. I think there's a lot of factors you can point to and say these are reasons why we as a team may be on our top performance for this week. But again they're only predictors and not a, a guarantee by any stretch. Yep. Um, I guess I'd like to say Port Adelaide by fifteen points, but I'm probably gonna I'm gonna say GWS by twenty. Um, and I reckon my highest goal kicker for Port Adelaide, uh, I reckon it'll be, be wing guard, doesn't it? It's got to be Wingard Oh no, no, Robbie Gray. It's his 150th. Robbie Gray will get at least three, probably four. I That's hope one. he
0: kicks 150 goals in his 150th.
1: Yes, that would be good. I'm not going to I think we'd win.
0: <laughs> I think we would win if that was the case.
1: Uh, yeah, probably. Um, All right, and who's your immediate for this week for Port Adelaide? For Port, I'm
0: going to say Paul Stewart, who's going to keep Jeremy Cameron goalless.
1: That's a good call.
0: That's my prediction.
1: I think they won't rate um, Sam Gray, and I think he might get away. I think he might uh, have a bit of a run-on, because I think that if Polak is a little bit scary, they'll watch him. They know him. Um, he's played all well against them before, uh, and the rest of the midfield are obviously in pretty good form lately, and I think Sam Gray will be the one that slips under the radar. Yeah. Uh, and who's your one for um, GWS? GWS.
0: It's tough. I was going to say Harrison Himmelberg, but um, whether he actually plays or not, I'm not too sure. But if he does, I think he'll probably have a big game. I think he, he played mainly down back in his, de- in his uh, debut. But uh, I'm looking to see him sneak forward and kick a couple of goals. But if he doesn't play, then I'll probably pick uh, Matthew Kennedy, who's a, um, a fellow academy player for them. Mm. Kicked three goals in his debut um, a few weeks back. Uh, had a bit of a quiet one against Carlton. Uh, But I think he'll have uh, another sort of breakout performance and and pick up 20-plus disposals this week.
1: Okay. Um, For me, I'm going to pick, and I don't know if it's fair to pick it. Look, when you're looking at GWS, it's hard to pick out a guy that's not got talent (laughs) because they've all got talent. Um, I'm going to go Joel Patful, not because he plays badly, but because I think he could entirely shut out one of our key forwards um, to zero goals. If he's, uh, yep. I think he's the sort of player that's very capable of that. So whoever he's on, I think they won't get a goal. I think mm-hmm. I'll have a, sh- a shout-out. Um, and you bet the house, Maka. What's your bet the house?
0: My bet the house is we're going to have under 34,000 at this game.
1: Ooh. I suppose Sunday twilight. And if it rains, you're probably right. Um, but I don't know if it's is it predicted to rain on Sunday. Which would probably
0: be a little bit unfortunate, really, considering it's uh, – I think kids are free and Magpie members are free.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well they're obviously concerned if that's the case with the yeah. prize members being free. Um yeah, look that's a fair bit of the house. Um I guess if I'm gonna pick a bit of the house, it's going to be that I reckon they will double our clearances. Okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah,
0: well that's um that could also oh double their clearances. Okay.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it could certainly happen. Yeah, Um,
1: I think he will be scoring on the rebound as much as anything, hopefully.
0: mm. Mm. Yeah, it would be a shame if that happened. (laughs) Well,
1: it would match with them winning. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, Well, look, I I think we're about good to go. Um, I guess we should thank New Vision because we haven't done that for a while. I keep forgetting. Um, No. And also remind people that if you're interested in business stuff, Rick is doing his 5% to Greatness podcast, so look that up on the iTunes or wherever else, and you'll be able to listen on that, and he'll talk businessy stuff at you, which he actually does know a bit, so it's quite useful. Yeah. But apart from that, I think really all there is to say is butcher, 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 up, butch. Butch, 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 butch,
0: butch, butch, and butcher, Adelaide. butcher,
1: Thanks for thank you everyone for listening. Good. Good watch.
0: Here he is, like that. If it's not running, it's dispatching a quick handball, a reflex from the pack. Stephen Williams does equally well to Malacheles, dodging and weaving, a little bit of shadow boxing, gets it away to West. This is where he hurts. He gets in front, he gets inside of
1: 50, has a look at the goals, and finishes it off. He can play Robbie West, and at the 13th.